Welcome to episode 14 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of the What When Wine Diet, Paleo-style meals, intermittent fasting, and wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous and they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. 
unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode 14 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hello, everybody. And how's your summer progressing, Jen? Oh, it's going so well. It's been a great summer. How about you? Anything new going on? It's good. It's hot. It's yeah, it thunderstormy is. too from the um 
Is it from like the tropical storm or the hurricane or whatever? I'm not sure. I don't know. I've been so busy like doing my own thing. I haven't been following. I don't know. <laughs> Paying attention? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Um, my son is a baseball mascot. Like that's his summer job. He oh. goes to our local <laughs> baseball stadium and like wears the costume. So oh, wow. I, I've only been looking at the weather to see like if the game's going to be rained out or anything like that. But it isn't as hot as it was last summer, I think, when he did the job. So far, you know, August is when it gets really hot around here. But that's the only time I look at the weather. Is it one of those, like, is the costume all enclosed? Oh, yeah. He wears one of those big outfits that he looks like a big giant stuffed animal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> does he like yeah. it? Is it fun? He does. You know, if you're a little bit of a clown, you know, as far as, like, likes to be a little silly, imagine getting to do that, like, with complete anonymity. So that's what he gets to do. Wow. That's so, crazy. He loves it. He, he thinks it's a lot more fun than like working at the local fast food place like yeah. his friends do. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, yeah. that's funny. It, it really is. But that's the only time I've been really looking at the weather to see. Make sure you won't pass out Exactly. Yeah. Take some extra water. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I actually, I'm sounding like a broken record now, but my book is actually due this, like this upcoming week. So I have like a wow. week. So things are getting real. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I'm, of course, working hard still on book two, and it's coming together. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it really is. But it's fun. It is. It is. Yeah. It is super fun. I get definitely get like a, a dopamine rush from it, like a high from and it. You, it's true, and you get like so focused, and, and it's hard to stop when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, it's great. It really is. But I think I will take a, a breather when it's all, oh, yeah. all said and done. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to my vacation, so I have one week till we'll be sailing off. So that'll be my break. I'm going to force myself to relax at, at sea. We can have a, uh, a post-vacation episode and you can talk about all the food. <laughs> it's true. I'll talk about how my pants are tight and then... <laughs> <laughs> but how quickly, that, how quickly right. it goes away with... Absolutely. Perfect. Yep. And, of course, you know, I won't be weighing since I threw my scale in the garbage. I know you did. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there will be scales on this ship. Probably not. Well, I don't want to find them. I think they actually do have some up in the the gym area because I know they have, like, like talks that they'll do about, you know, weight loss tips and things like that. Gives people something to do on those sea days, but I am not going near those scales. I feel like that's the last thing you'd want to do on vacation, go to a a weight loss talk seminar i know seminar. I, guess people, I guess so but then they're trying to like sell you supplements okay oh it's of course big business on the ship of course <laughs> yeah all righty well shall we jump into our listener questions let's do it all right so our first question comes from jill and the subject is exercising while fasting and she says hey jen and melanie i'm so glad you started this podcast it's taught me so much I'm a 16-8 faster, and I'm wondering whether it's safe and good to exercise during the fast. Oh, and so 16-8 means that she's fasting for 16 hours and eating for 8 hours. Okay, so she says, currently I do strength training plus cardio and yoga for about an hour in the morning while I'm fasting. Is this a safe and and sustainable schedule? I feel great doing it, but I wanted to know what you think and maybe what you guys do for exercise. Thanks so much. So would you like to jump in with that? 
Sure. And thank you, Jill, for your question. And yes, we do get a whole lot of questions about exercise. And if you've been listening, we hear every week, we pretty much get, get a question or two about that. So hopefully you've heard us say that, yes, we do believe that it is safe and good to exercise during the fast. And that is when, you know, assuming that's the schedule that works for you, that's when I would most recommend that that you um, have your exercise med- regimen in the fasted part of the day. Um, there are a lot of benefits to exercising in the fasted state. Now, you mentioned that you do strength training and cardio and yoga for about an hour. And I am assuming that that doesn't mean you do all three of them on the same exact day. I could be wrong, but um, I think you need to develop, if you are trying to do them all on the same day, I think that you need to perhaps have a schedule that varies. Like one day do strength training and the next day do cardio and maybe the next day you do yoga. And I think that would be a really great, as you asked, safe and sustainable schedule. Yes. I don't think I would try to do strength training and cardio and yoga every single day. No. Um, as far as, as, making it work for you. You just have to see what feels good to you. Now you asked what we do for exercise and I really, I just, you know, I move throughout the day. I am not somebody who goes to the gym and I don't do anything formal. Um, in my book, Delay Don't Deny, I talked about a couple of things I do like to do. I actually have a hula hoop. It's a weighted hula hoop and I enjoy. I was waiting do. for you to say that. <laughs> You're waiting, I was like, waiting here comes for my the hula hoop. <laughs> here comes the hula hoop. Because, I mean, it's funny, but I enjoy it. You know, I don't like personally, um, I don't enjoy a um, regimented exercise routine. I get bored. I don't know. I don't like to go to the gym. I don't like to go to an exercise class with a lot of people. I prefer to do things that I can do at home. You know, sometimes my husband and I will walk around the, the block or go, you know, go for a walk in the evening together. Of course, that's after dinner, but I enjoy that, that time of the day with him, but that's walking. Um, as far as the hula hoop, I'll pull that out when I'm watching TV. So I'm multitasking and it's fun. And I also have a vibration plate, which is, um, I don't know. I, I really like it. It you st- The premise of it is you stand on it and you know how those, those balance balls work and they engage your core muscle. Well, the vibration plates work in that same way. You, you stand in various positions and it engages your core and it engages your muscles in different ways. So I enjoy doing that. So it's like a a type of strength training exercise um, that I think is is easy to do, and I'll watch TV while I'm doing it. Like I like I said, I like to multitask <laughs> for my exercise. I'm not, you know, going to the gym for an hour. Yeah, you know, there have been times that I've also done yoga here and there, or um, I like to do. I've had some different exercise DVDs that I've done, like a like a little ballet type thing. Well, here and there, but I just don't do anything consistently other than the hula hoop, the walking, and the vibration plate. What about you, Melanie? Wait, can I ask you about the vibration plate really quickly? Yes. So yes. if I got one of those, could I stand on it like while I'm writing? Well, you're only supposed to do it for like 10 minutes. Oh. Like, now, does, I don't it, know that... does it move it, and then it makes you... It's like... Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to find something... Because I just stand writing all day. I'm trying to find yeah. something that'll like keep me moving <laughs> at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't feel like no, I don't think you so want to. So that do would that. not be okay. Mm-mm, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should I'm gonna look into it. it sounds yeah. really cool. It is cool. Um uh, but no, I love everything you said. I think that's right spot on. 
Um, so as far as like safe and sustainable, so we've talked about exercise a lot on this podcast and fasting is very safe. It's actually very supportive of, of exercise. The fat burning state gives you the energy and then the metabolic adaptions support muscle. So it's just really fantastic for exercise all around. As far as if it's sustainable, um, I, I guess you'll figure that out if it, because if it starts becoming difficult or a problem, then you'll know it wasn't sustainable. But I I do think it is sustainable. The thing that I you should probably be careful of or wary of is that you are not, like Jen said, going too extreme, um, doing too much, doing all of that at once. Also making sure as always with anybody that you are eating enough nutritious food in your eating window to support your activity levels. So that's always something that you could adjust if you find that you do start lacking in energy or anything like that. But I think what you're doing sounds great. I personally, I love, out of the three things, I love yoga as far as like concentrated (laughs) exercise, I guess. Um, But as for what I do, and I've talked about this a lot and Jen's probably like, here it comes, but I wear, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I wear weights, um, during the day. So I wear like wrist weights and ankle weights and I, I don't do exercise per se with them, but I wear them while I'm just moving around my apartment or doing even like dishes or vacuuming. And it just makes everything that I do automatically a weight bearing exercise without me even thinking about it. I've, I, I actually, I'm honestly shocked more people don't do it. Um, <laughs> especially cause I wear them out into like the real world all the time. And I'm always looking for people. Nobody else is ever wearing weights out in the real world, which that's, I guess that's just me. Um, well, I do. I think it, do? I think it's a great strategy. No, I don't do it, but oh. I think it's a great, I agree with you that it's a great strategy that more people could adopt. I'm surprised too, now that you mention it. I, I was thinking about easy. that. I know. Well, when I was like reading her question earlier, I was like, you know, it's kind of weird that more people don't do this, especially because you can yeah. buy them like at Marshall's and TJ Maxx, all those the weights, the wrist weights and right. everything. They're super cheap. <laughs> I, used, I used to have a set at one time. Now I don't know what happened to them. I mean, it, it might have been 20 years ago, but I did have a set and I would wear them around the house, but it's been a while. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah. So like Jen said, I'm, I'm also a fan of uh, multitasking and just just moving in life, just making life its own form of exercise. Um, I, I get like a little high from like, Pick, I love like just picking up heavy things and I just try to make everything movement and exercise and <laughs> intense and I really like that, which is before I started intermittent fasting, I was much more sedentary and kind of dreaded the gym and such. So things have changed in that regards. Hi, friends. Now, I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now, protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40 percent lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining 
maintaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers. It is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body. It is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. It's funny that you mentioned that about lifting heavy things because um, just the other day I had to carry some really heavy boxes and I did. I, it felt good. I was like, oh, I'm lifting this box. It, it feels so good. <laughs> it did. It. I know exactly what you mean. That's funny because that just happened. <laughs> oh, oh, the other day, actually, I ordered – have you ever ordered – have you ever ordered cat litter online? No, because our cats are indoor outdoor. They go out on their own. We don't have a litter box. I ordered a – wait, how many pounds is it? 42 pounds, I think, litter container thing. And it's it's honestly the heaviest thing I think I've ever. I didn't know they could ship things that heavy. It took me. I know getting it from the mailbox thing to my apartment took like an hour, and not really. It took like fifteen minutes um, of me dragging it. And this this neighbor came out, and he was like, "Do you need help?" I was like, "No, I got it. I got it." Because <laughs> I get it's fun oh, to like right move things. It is. It is. So you're doing it as a part of your real life. You didn't have to go to the gym and someone made you do it. You exactly. Just did it. I just did it. Right. <laughs> yep. All right. Are we ready for the next question? Yes. yes. Now, this one is especially tailored for you, Melanie, and I love <laughs> it. This is from Jennifer, and her question is about beer. And she said, thank you so much for the podcasts. I am personally learning a lot, and I love it so much. Is beer consumption bad for the body, especially with IF? Is wine better than beer? What are the benefits of beer, if any? Thank you. 
Okie so what dokie. do you say? I love my alcohol questions. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so Jennifer, if you haven't already, you probably have, but we do have a whole episode on alcohol in general and drinking. Um, so as far as alcohol in general and drinking is concerned with intermittent fasting, yes, you can do both of them. Um, alcohol in general is correlated to a lot of health benefits, including longevity. They actually find that moderate drinking um, correlates more to longevity than not drinking at all, which is pretty interesting. As far as beer specifically, um, so interestingly, they've actually found both beer and wine containers from the Stone Age. So apparently, I didn't. I just read the study the other day. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, so apparently, beer has been around for a while. That said, the benefits of wine honestly do far outweigh beer, like far, far, far outweigh beer because um, wine is full, and we talked about this before, but it's full of polyphenols, and that's what really give wine its health benefits for literally everything, like your heart, your brain, um, anti-aging benefits, just across the board, wine is really the shining star in that regards. As far as beer is concerned, on the flip side, it actually has some potential problems. Since it is made from wheat, if you are gluten sensitive, that could be a problem right there because there could be residual gluten proteins in the beer. So I I think the only benefits per se from beer specifically are going to come from the, the benefits that are associated with alcohol intake rather than the beer. I mean, that is still like longevity and stress relief for some people and heart health. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to like be like, yay, beer, but it's hard for me to make that case just beyond the alcohol. Uh, what about you, Jen? I did find one thing that, um, that, that may, I, I've linked this, we can put this in the show notes, but you know, I'm doing a lot of research on the gut microbiome. And so I look to see if there are any associations between um, beer and the gut microbiome. You know, if we have a healthy gut microbiome, then we're overall going to be healthy. And I was able to find a, a few people who said, yes, our gut microbiomes um, may drive us to like beer. You know, if our gut microbiome likes beer, we're going to like beer too. But there was one study in particular that showed that some microbes, depending on you know what you've got living in your biome, some of them actually can use the compounds in hops to create things that may be useful for human health. So it's not widely been studied yet. This is really a new field. There, you know, it's only been in the past decade that we're able to sequence what's in our gut microbiome and see how you know mine is different than yours and everything. So we're learning a lot now, but there may be some. You know, depending on, you may or may not have these specific microbes in your bi- microbiome, but if you do, they may be able to use hops in some way to produce something that's beneficial for you. So more research needs to be done, but it's it's hard to know exactly what we each have particularly. That's really interesting. It is. <laughs> I'm glad We're finding so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. Um, we're going to hear more and more about this. The more I read, the more I just jaw-dropping information and we are all so different like like our trillions of microbiome cells are literally different and it's it's incredible how that impacts us in so many ways 
Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question comes from Zoe. And by the way, my favorite girl name is Zoe. So just saying. <laughs> yay, um, yay, Zoe. Yay, Zoe. Um, so her sub- the subject is calorie restriction by accident. And she says, hi, ladies. Love the show. I am new to IF and I'm excited about it because I am trying to reset my metabolism from years of calorie restriction. 1,599 calories is close to my maintenance when I'm not too active. This is me talking now. That's very specific. 1,599. Okay. And she says, but I actually think my metabolism is messed up from high school under eating. So I believe my maintenance is a bit lower. I like to be able to eat 1,500 to 2,000 calories one day. I made myself feel sick and gross and depressed when I was aiming to eat 1,500 in my first few days of IF, and I was eating a ton when I wasn't hungry. But if I eat until I'm full, I'm only eating max 500 calories per meal. If I'm including beverages, maybe 600 calories per meal, two meals a day would equal 1,000 calories to 1,200 calories, which is usually what I aim to eat anyway. This is low for my body type and activity level. I teach fitness and yoga classes for a living. Considering this, if I cycle in a 24-hour fast every now and then, then that becomes a major calorie restriction, and I'm worried about a slower metabolism because of that. And then, and now Zoe is going to provide us a list of reasons that she's looking to live her IF lifestyle. And she says, number one, it is sustainable and is enjoyable. Number two, it causes no weight gain and causes fat loss. Number three, it causes no loss of muscle. Number four, it prevents cancer and other conditions like diabetes, etc. Number five, it causes no fat gain. Number six, it allows you to eat more. Number seven, it can heal celiac disease. And she says she is celiac, which is, that's pretty important. Number eight, it has no negative health outcomes. Number nine, it lets me eat regular food in the company of other people. What a concept. Number 10, it lets my tummy feel good. Thank you. And I look forward to the advice. I love that she gave us that list. (laughs) Me too. I do. I love the list. That's great. And it's a great list and she's right. It's, It's a great way to live. Um, Zoe, thank you for the questions, and and this is a this is a great question, and so many people worry about this, and it's particularly if we have been calorie counters for a long time, and we we are so like ingrained in that calorie counting mindset, and I've had those same exact thoughts as you, you know, am I eating enough? How do I know? Do I need to eat more? And so we've been trained to think, you know, your body needs X amount of calories per day across the board, no matter what, you just count the calories and feed them to your body and your body will work on these calories. And really it's a whole lot more complex than that. Um, As I mentioned a minute ago, I'm doing a ton of reading about the gut microbiome. And one thing that stands out is that, did you know that depending on what lives in your gut microbiome, you may be able to extract more energy from the same amount of food, you know, as compared to somebody else. So yeah, that's crazy. It absolutely is. So I really think that Calorie formulas are really off track because it depends on what your body does with the calories that you've got. Now, you talked a lot about metabolic slowdown, and we know that that does occur when someone follows a, a typical low-calorie diet. Like, let's say you're eating you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're trying to you know, keep your body to a low level of calories during the day. Your body, because you're eating frequently, has a hard time accessing your fat stores, and so 
your body may perceive that you're in a starvation mode, and then, yes, slow, slow your metabolism. Um, we've seen that time and again with scientific research. The premise of fasting is that when you allow your body to get into the fasted state and your body is accessing your stored fat, your body perceives that there's plenty of energy based on the, the fat that's on your body. And so based on some studies that they've done, with fasting, the metabolism did not slow down over, over that period of time because your body is not saying, help, we're starving. Your body is able to access and see the energy that's stored on your body. So a lot of it depends on, on that. You know, if you're fasting, your, your calorie needs are going to be different just because your body and your metabolism are going are to see things in a different way. I hope that makes sense. I hope I explained it well. Did that make sense, Melanie? Yeah, I know. That was great. And... The thing is, if you are learning to listen to your body's cues, you will know if you're having enough to eat. So once I finally got that into my mind, I stopped calculating the calories. I stopped worrying about it. I just eat. I eat. If I'm hungry, I eat more. I have a window. My window is not too regimented. I don't keep it super short, you know, and try to keep my my meal, you know, short and small. I tend to have, like I said, a four, five-hour window, average probably most nights, and I eat. If I'm hungry, I eat more. If I'm not as hungry, I eat less. So I really learned, have learned to listen to my appetite. Now, back to the big fear of um, calorie restriction overall being bad for us. That is also something that's interesting. I know we've talked about that this in other episodes, but there, the science of calorie restriction as a lifestyle strategy is very linked to longevity. We've talked about this before and how animal studies in particular show that when we eat fewer calories than normal or when the animals do, they live longer. It has the greatest increase on longevity of of anything. Um, There are also some populations of humans that follow this type of lifestyle. The Okinawans, for example, in Japan, they tend to eat till 80% full. They have a saying, I can't remember the saying off the top of my head, but it means stop when you're 80% full instead of going all the way to full. So they are a very long-lived population, and they eat less food than traditionally most people eat around the world. So they have this increased longevity that appears to be linked to the fact that they don't quite eat as much. So On the one hand, you're right. We don't want to eat so little that we're slowing our metabolism. And I believe that following your hunger and satiety cues can let you know that. Because when your body is in danger of not eating enough, you're going to be hungry and you're going to feel like you need to eat. At least that's been my experience. So if you allow yourself to listen to those cues, you can also feel good about the fact that there are people around the world who purposefully are not eating as much, and they it tends to be tied in with, with health and longevity instead of negative outcomes. So what do you think about that, Melanie? I know I said a lot of things. No, I love You hit all the points, Sam, that I was going to talk about. Um, so Zoe, I think it's great that you're coming out of the purposeful calorie restriction. It's like, that's right. I think uh, calorie restriction on purpose is where the problem is, whereas the subject of your email is calorie restriction by accident. I think that's fine. (laughs) Um, That happens naturally and can be very supportive of your body. Um, So, but what I'm seeing, like Jen talked about, is you're still fixated on calories. And I think that's um, the main problem here. Um, Actually, so in my book, 
one of the very first chapters is just about calories because the ideas surrounding them is just so off, like Jen talked about, as far as how they're processing the body, the metabolic effects that they have. Um, so we can't really count calories and expect that it's going to materialize in a black and white way as far as calories in, calories out goes. So like Jen said, I, I really would encourage you to try to just I know, I know I know it's really hard, but I would really encourage you to try to eat intuitively. Um, like she said, just eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Definitely, please don't make yourself feel sick and gross and depressed by trying to eat a lot, like you said. No, just please don't. <laughs> please don't do that. Uh, eat out of um, joy and to fill your hunger cues. And I think the more that you do that, the more intuitive you'll become. And if I can make a book recommendation... Um, there's this book called The Yoga of Eating. Have you read that, Jen? I have not read that. It's absolutely fantastic. It's probably, I've read so many like, <laughs> like self-help books and health books and nonfiction books in general, but it's definitely the best book I've read as far as just cultivating a healthy mindset towards food. Um, so I'd really, really, really recommend that you check out that book, Zoe, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes um, but yeah, so I would just encourage you to not stress about it quite as much and definitely don't stress about your metabolism. I think you're definitely on the way to recovery and intermittent fasting will, will support that. It's not going to be detrimental for your metabolism. I think in the long run, it's going to help you a ton for sure. I do have one question for you, Melanie, that, mm-hmm. um, from her list of, of 10 things that, that she likes about intermittent fasting, she mentioned that, um, that she she believes that intermittent fasting can heal celiac disease and mentioned that she's celiac. Have you heard anything about that? I actually thought celiac was something that you like have. Um, that's that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. So gluten. Gluten is a problem for basically everybody. It does, even if you don't realize it, it does um, affect the intestinal linings of our cell as far as it being inflammatory and encouraging gut permeability. Um, so it does that. People with celiac, though, have a very specific, intense autoimmune reaction to gluten, and it makes their body attack their attack their intestinal cells. So when they eat gluten, their body, at the same time that attacks the gluten, begins um, attacking their gut lining. So that ultimately leads to malabsorption and just like all everything really bad. Um, so. That is an autoimmune response and it's genetic. And I don't know, I personally, I mean, I haven't hardcore researched it, so I'm not sure if it's something that can be, as far as epigenetics are concerned, something that can be turned on or turned off. Um, But intermittent fasting specifically is very healing of the gut lining. So if you're celiac and you're practicing intermittent fasting, it's going to be fantastic for that um, because the eating process itself is inherently inflammatory. So when we go into a, a period of not eating, it's very healing for our system. And actually, this is I love this fact and I find this so motivating, but the fastest healing cells or fastest regenerating cells in our body are actually the cells that line our small intestine. They can turn over in as little as three days, which means that you can heal very quickly in the stomach, especially if uh, you're intermittent fasting. So she can heal, she can heal her intestines. I don't know if she can get rid of celiac disease, but she can definitely heal and resolve the issue. Yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering too. I just, I wanted to make sure that, um, 
that we, we address that because all of the other things that she listed, I agree 100% with. I just wasn't certain about that one. Yeah. So I don't think you can like turn it off per se, but you could definitely, you could get rid of all the symptoms. Like it could be not a thing. Okay. <laughs> all right. We have um, one more question for today and this is from JT and the subject is toothpaste and JT asks, if the taste of sweetness releases insulin, what do you use for toothpaste during the fast? How about it, Melanie? Do you brush your teeth? <laughs> I got so excited when this question came in. I was like so excited. <laughs> um, so I do not use artificially artificially sweetened toothpaste. Um, I kind of have a fresh breath oral health obsession and I definitely went through a phase where I was trying all the toothpaste all the natural toothpaste but they still had artificial sweeteners usually like sugar alcohols in them but since then I actually now so I have two things that I brush my teeth with so during the day I just brush my teeth with straight up activated charcoal and it's absolutely amazing so I buy the little activated charcoal capsules and I'll put a link to them in the show notes it's going to sound crazy. You just put the powder on your on your toothbrush and it turns your mouth completely black, like completely black as midnight. That is what I was I thought it did. I thought it was black. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Your so your mouth goes straight black and you're the first time you do it, you're going to think, "Oh my goodness, what have I done? This is awful." But when it rinses right out. Like it <laughs> right out. And it's amazing for keeping your teeth white. And then, but I don't want to use it all the time because I don't want to pull too many minerals from my teeth. So at night, I actually brush my teeth with baking soda. Um, And I have used, prior to that, they do make uh, tooth powder formulas that are not sweetened that usually combine actually things like that, like activated charcoal and baking soda and stuff like that. But I've honestly found that just going straight to the source, like why make it more complicated than it needs to be? Um, Something else you can brush your teeth with is turmeric. And that will turn your teeth bright yellow <laughs> for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it'll have the same effect. Although that's actually, a, it's a little bit harder to get out. But you can, you will, it will come out. Um, so that's what I do. And now I know I sound really crazy, but I've actually found it to just be amazing. Can't recommend it enough. How about you, Jen? <laughs> well, Melanie does have beautiful teeth. I can see them right oh, here through Skype. But I actually, on the next episode, would like to watch you brush your oh, teeth gosh. <laughs> with the charcoal. That would be funny. It's no, crazy. I'm kidding. But, um, you know, that's a great question. We get that all the time. And I I just brush my teeth. You know, yes, <laughs> it's, it's got a sweet, it's got a sweetness to it. But we're only doing it for a little bit. We're not doing it repeatedly. Like if you were drinking a diet soda, you're not just going to drink a diet soda for like 30 seconds. You're going to drink it long term. If you're chewing gum, you don't just chew it for a second. But the, the brushing your teeth, you get up, you brush your teeth, you go about your day. So it's not a, a you know prolonged event. So it's one of those things that I don't worry about. Um, I do use a natural tooth, toothpaste actually too. Which one do so, you use? Right now I'm using Dr. Bronner's. I think that's how okay, you pronounce yeah. it. It mm-hmm. seems to be the one that has the fewest funky ingredients. Like but I've used, 
Yeah, I've used all sorts of type. I mean, I've used like plain crust before, and I, I would um, if, if I had it. But here's a funny story, though. I was using a tooth powder. Like you said, I got like a sample of one mm-hmm. and was trying it, and I just kept making a mess with it. So I'm super messy, and I was spilling <laughs> it everywhere. So that's part of my problem. So then I tried to go back to the, the crust that I was using before, and it literally tasted like poison all of a oh, sudden. Oh, I know. I know. It was funny. I was like, ooh, I don't like this. So that's when I went to the store and, and got the Dr. Bronner's, and it tastes just minty because it's got just, you know, the um, the peppermint oil, and it's got fewer ingredients. But it is just funny. After using that, that um, powder for a short time, my mouth was like, no, do not use this other toothpaste. It was just really funny because I had used it for years. I had used, you know, over-the-counter, plain old, whatever you can buy, what everyone uses, um, toothpaste. And the so, texture is, like, really weird. It was weird. To it. Yeah, I, it I, was. So I will say, um, so before I went super crazy and went straight up activated charcoal baking soda, um, I was using, I really, really do recommend earth paste. Because I honestly have gone, th- I've literally gone through all the natural toothpaste <laughs> and done the research. And Earth Paste, it has very minimal ingredients. And they have one, the spearmint flavor, I think. It has no sweeteners whatsoever. It just has spearmint. So it's basically like bentonite clay, I think, spearmint, then like one other ingredient, maybe. So I really recommend that. I'll put a link to that as well in okay. the show notes. So. Yeah, but in, in the meantime, you know, don't think that this is. I yeah, don't brush, stress too much. I would not <laughs> brush my teeth, you know, every hour on the hour, probably, you know. But um, a little bit of brushing, and I brush in the morning during my fast, just like one time, and then I move on about my day. And then I use the essential peppermint oil if my breath needs freshening. Oh yes, we've talked about that before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. I'm super proud of us. We actually didn't go crazy long. (laughs) We did. We did a great job. And we hit all of our questions. Um, All right. So if you have your own questions for the podcast, two ways that you can submit those to us, you can email questions at ifpodcast.com. You can also go to our website, ifpodcast.com, and you can submit questions there. And a few other things. Um, If you like today's podcast, we would love, love, love if you could write a review in iTunes. Uh, That really helps. And then speaking of iTunes, you can subscribe to our podcast there. And then you will automatically get the episodes downloaded to your iPhone or whatever app you're using. Um, Make it easy breezy. And like I said, there will be show notes if you want to look up any of the products or the studies that we talked about in today's episode. Those are available on ifpodcast.com. So any final thoughts from you, Jen? No, that's it. I think we covered it well. And these were great questions. And I look forward to talking to you next week with some more great questions. All right. Well, this was great. Um, Have a wonderful summer, summer day. All right. Thank you. You too. And I'll talk to you in a week. Yes. See everybody on the next podcast. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.